All right, welcome back to the 24 podcast. We're so excited to be able to bring to you this fourth episode. And so I have Mark with me again. Mark, how are you doing? Morning, Josh. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. And so I'm so excited to be able to see how the show has been catching on. And so people are talking about it. People are sharing it. And uh, we actually have a couple of reviews in iTunes. And so definitely want to say thank you to those that have done that. We have here the last couple of days, we had one from Wabbit Man 1 and from Scotty B 82 So thank you guys for going to iTunes and leaving a review for us. We would appreciate if anybody else can be able to go out there and leave a review as well. And so you can go to the24podcast.com forward slash iTunes, and that will allow you to be able to go and leave a review. And so we would definitely appreciate that. That will help the show to become a lot more visible for us to be able to uh, hopefully be able to grab a hold of some great interviews with some directors and some of the cast. And so we got a couple leads into that so far and so we're excited about the direction that we're going to be able to go with this definitely make sure you uh hop on over on facebook and uh like our facebook page as well yes yes yeah we're on facebook so facebook.com forward slash the 24 podcast and then also of course we have our twitter account and so being uh fairly active on there and so you can go to at the 24 podcast on uh twitter there to be able to um, follow us there and so we are constantly looking for new information trying to make connections with some of the different cast and directors and different things like that as they share some news and information and we're um, having conversations there with uh, several different people and so it's been exciting and been one new piece of information that I have from the new coming up mm-hmm. and that's the only one I could think of that we got, um, and that is David Fury, one of the writers, um, mentioned in a tweet that Lo- uh, London was going to be the likely location for the new season. That makes sense. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, before it was just alluded that it would be in Europe, but now he's saying that it looks like it's going to be London. And so um, I know last episode we were talking about maybe it was involving the Russians or something like Mm -hmm. that. And so, I mean, that's still possible, uh, even though it can be taking place in London. And so, but it'd be interesting how this unfolds. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to tell, you know, I, I don't know where I actually thought it was going to, you know, take place. I don't think I had, I really knew where in, in Europe I thought it might. Um, so it doesn't really change any of my predictions or my feelings of what will happen. Um, but it is neat to to know that they're setting it there, and we can kind of start thinking of of you know London specific things that might play into it and factor into it. You know what Jack might be doing as the season starts, and and those types of things. So it's definitely another another nugget that we can place in our little pouch of ideas for twenty four, and you know maybe we can find a way to sneak Tony in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still got to get Tony. Still got to get Tony. Yeah, there's a lot of – there's been an increase in uh, chatter about trying to get Tony back on Twitter. So uh, if you have been uh, participating in that, thank you. Um, if not, go ahead and join the conversation. And so um, we're definitely trying to make a lot of noise about that. Well, and I, I did mention, you know, or I didn't mention, but I promised uh, Joel that we've been talking with a little bit on Twitter that I would mention his – what did he say? His personal campaign to bring Tony back. 
yeah, he's, yeah. he's pretty adamant and, and I can't say that I'm, I'm not adamant. I certainly am as well. So, but you know, we appreciate his, you know, he's been emailing people and tweeting them and, you know, we appreciate him supporting the show and, and also, uh, agree with him that we do need to bring Tony back. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so the more people we have making noise about it, then, uh, probably the better chance we are to uh, be able to get him back. That's and right. So doesn't mean it's guaranteed, but a bigger chance. I mean, if they see that there's a huge crowd of people that want to see him back, I mean, obviously that would be better for the ratings. And mm-hmm. so, but we wanted to take a look, uh, a couple different, uh, I think two big subjects today. The first thing we wanted to look at was some shocking moments that kind of stood out to us. And so these moments where it's like you didn't see it coming or or it was just shocking maybe the way it, it played out. And so we wanted to look at a couple of those. What uh, What's one that you wanted to start with, Mark? Well, you know, you, you kind of covered it, but we were talking beforehand before we started recording that it seems like the shocking moments, which are um, not infrequent in 24, fall into what I thought were two categories. One being you never saw it coming, like you said. The second being that it puts the characters in impossible situations and, and situations that, you know, there's really nothing, no way out of it. And and you don't know how it's going to happen and you hope that it's not going to happen the way you think it might. Um, but it, it does anyway. So um, I'm torn of which one to start with. I, I was actually going through and, and watching some of them preparing for this, you know, and it was interesting. I knew what was going to happen. And in a lot of instances, as I'm watching these, knowing what was going to happen made them more sus- suspenseful than when I didn't know they were going to happen. Um, but the one I think that we need to mention first, just because it's, I would say, one of the major moments in 24 is when uh, President David Palmer is assassinated. Definitely. You know, it, it, uh, I, I, I didn't realize going back and watching, I didn't realize he was in as much of 24 as he is. I mean, he made it through four full seasons. So half the, half the series he was there. And then he shows up in the beginning of season five and, you know, you're excited. You're like, okay, cool. You know, David Palmer's back. And then, I mean, I think it's within what the first five minutes of the first episode. Yeah. You know, David Palmer's standing in a window talking to his brother, Wayne, they're discussing his memoirs, you know, what they're going to write in the book. And, and Wayne asks him what's going on. He's like, Oh, nothing, you know, I'm fine. And you can tell something's on his mind. Wayne turns around and says, okay, let's do one more chapter and we'll take a break. And then all of a sudden you just hear glass breaking and, you know, Wayne turns around and Palmer's laying on the floor, um, you know, shot. And, you know, I, I remember seeing that when it came out and you're just thinking, you know, man, the season just started, (laughs) you know, way to, way to, you know, just sock us in the mouth right at the beginning of the season. And it's mm-hmm. it's a character that that you've come to you know really respect and love through you know four seasons, and then all of a sudden he's gone. So I mean that was to me one of the, I guess the memorable shocking moments that I can remember really sticking out. Yeah, definitely. And of course, then with him, um, the attack on Michelle and Tony at their house, mm-hmm. um, Michelle dying almost instantly, and then Tony just being being injured severely mm-hmm. injured for for a while and so then there was the attack on um chloe as well they tried to take her out but um but it didn't work and so she was able to get a hold of jack before they got her and so yeah i mean that that whole situation right there is like wow and so i mean we leave uh season four when it seems like jack is perfectly safe in hiding and there's no one that knows and all of a sudden it's all blown up um, as we enter season five, 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that that all was definitely very shocking. Not exact, not definitely not how I expected the season to be able to kick off. I mean, all of these favorite characters that we loved, all of a sudden, boom, half of them are gone. I know. And it was it was only the ones that you really really liked too. It seemed like. Yeah. And I you know I think it's I think it's important to point out too the fact that, um, you know Jack was was blamed for those. Right. You know I mean I mean he that was the whole thing was hey let's let's set up Jack to to kill President Palmer and um you know also that he's killing his friends because you know they were trying to save him or whatever I don't remember exactly why but you know it was. It was pretty intense, and you know Jack starts off on a bad foot, having to try to prove that he didn't kill all these people. Yeah, and so I mean, and even even in the position of being accused in that, I mean, he's over in the airport. Then after that, trying to assist CTU, who still thinks he's guilty, mm-hmm. and and trying to subvert the terrorists that are there at the airport. Mm-hmm. And so and so he's sitting there. I mean. He's like, hey, I'm doing this job. It doesn't matter if you're with me or not. I'm doing this. Yeah, so I'm a very intense situation that he found himself in in that situation there. I mean, of course, he always finds himself in intense situations. But, I mean, right there when he thought that it was all over, that he wasn't going to have to deal with anything like that anymore, and all of a sudden he's just thrown into it in just a matter of minutes. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. Jack does have a tendency to find himself in tense moments, doesn't he? He's kind of a, <laughs> he's kind of a magnet for tense moments. Yeah, well, he's kind of uh, made some enemies of some very powerful people uh, through the years, and so mm-hmm. yes, he definitely has. So, so that would be the first one I would mention. What what's a, a shocking moment? Something that really sticks out to you, Josh? One of the first ones that came through the season i'm sure there's more that were in season one but at the very end of season one was um when terry was killed i ah. mean just the last couple minutes of this of the show i mean it, it was just i mean you just didn't really expect that she would actually get killed because i mean they came so close so many times through it they're like there's no way that they're gonna let this happen and in fact i did some reading and kind of prepping for season one that we're going to get to shortly uh, in the next week or two and i read there that with uh, with the ending they actually shot three different endings for really for that season and they didn't tell anybody what ending was actually going to be the real one yeah so they recorded three different endings and two of them included terry surviving and so it kind of alluded to the fact that there would be a good chance that she was going to survive, but there was a small chance that she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they didn't let anybody know what was going to be the real ending until it actually aired. And so, and so that was definitely a shocking moment because I didn't expect her to be killed like that. And so I thought that she was going to survive and that they were going to have the marriage have to be worked on and all that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. they were having those problems, those issues with the family, different things like that. And she was pregnant and all those different things. And so... So kind of crazy how everything was um, playing out there at the end. And it looked like everything was going to turn out for the good, but it just took a quick turn. And then with that, too, I mean, it was just I think it was like the second to last episode that Nita turned out to be the bad one. Yeah, it, it was fairly, fairly recently before that, that, you know, Jack realizes that she's the mole and, you know, Terry realized the same thing and. And I think you know, watching it, you you always you you started to suspect Nina for quite a few episodes before that, but you weren't 
you know. But part of you wanted to believe that she was still a good person. She may have been a traitor, but you didn't think that she would really. And I think that's what was so, so shocking about it. You didn't think she was actually going to kill Terry. Right. You thought, you know, when I watched it, I figured she was going to tie up Terry and she was going to escape, you know, and that would be it. She'd just leave and, you know, be a fugitive. So when she does kill Terry, you're just like, whoa, you know, it was yeah. just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, you definitely know? crazy. And, you know, especially for a show that's in its first season, you know, usually a, a show in its first season isn't going to do something so shocking, <laughs> you know, as a climax. Hey, let's kill one of the main characters. You know, yeah. how do you go on from there? But they they certainly didn't seem to take too much concern of what people would think about that. And, you know, I think it really set the tone for the show that, you know, hey, you, you don't know what's going to happen next next hour. You know, right. you don't you don't know who's going to be there. You don't know who's not going to be there. You don't know, you know, who's going to who's going to, um, you know, be a traitor. You don't know who you got to watch out for. You don't know who's going to turn on Jack. It's, you know, and it just kind of, I think it set the scene or the tone for the rest of the series, even more so than the, the first series or the first season had done. Um, mm-hmm. Just by that, that, um, you know, I guess pivotal moment of nobody's safe. You know, there's not like a, well, I guess, you know, Jack Bauer might be the only one, but beyond that, there's there's no character that's a sacred cow, so to speak. You know, there's nobody that, you know, they're not, you know, they won't kill off if, the, you know, the plot determines that they should. Right. So pretty intense. Very yeah. intense. Yeah, it is. And yeah, then that t- starts that starts your lifelong hatred for Nina. So that's good. Right. <laughs> Through seasons and seasons. Right. Until she's, um, well, she, she didn't make it very far. I think she was killed in season three. Yeah, but she shows up those couple times, you know, when she's an yeah. arms dealer and stuff, and and you're just every she's another one of those characters that every time you see her, you're just like, ah, Jack, I wish you would have killed her instead of letting him take her into custody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure Jack thought that once or twice too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey, yeah, actually, thinking about season three, um, there's a couple moments there that we mentioned before a couple episodes ago. We mentioned about Ryan Chappelle. And so that was definitely one of the shocking moments um, there when Jack had to um, kill him as part of the terrorist demands. And so um, it was just a shock that, I mean, that, I mean, first, I mean, maybe not a shock, but that they were actually going along with it and, and actually had to go and pull the trigger. You know, I, that's another one of the ones that I went back and watched because you had mentioned um, previously, and I, I think it was episode one or two, I don't remember which one, but you had mentioned that that was the first silent clock when uh, Chappelle was killed or executed, I guess. Um, and so I went back and watched that, and holy crap, that's another one. That's one of the, that's the one I think of when I was saying that there's some where they're just put in impossible situations. And, and if you go back and watch like that four or five minutes of, of Jack and Ryan talking, it's just, it's heart wrenching. It's, you know, I mean, you find yourself just, you know, trying to think of any way that they can get out of it, you know, any way that Chappelle can get away. And, you know, you have him, you know, saying, no, I don't have anybody to say bye to. And then, so you start thinking, wow, what a sad life, you know, that you don't have anybody that you care enough to say, you know, Hey, see you later. But, you know, and then, and then you have Chappelle saying, well, just let me do it myself. And Jack says, I can't. And then he does let him, but he can't do it. He he doesn't, you know, he says he can't, you know, pull the trigger himself. And, you know, and, and you see Chappelle with a tear rolling down his eye, you know, and, and he even asked him, is there, you know, is there no way we can get out of this? And Jack says, no, I, I can't think of any. And they just keep prolonging it. And, and the entire time they have, you know, these guys in a van watching, 
you know, because that was part of the deal. We need to make sure that it happens. And, Mm -hmm. you you know, the impossible situation that Jack finds himself in, because he wasn't, you know, even then he wasn't really that hardened character, you know, of of later seasons. He was still, you know, I mean, he hadn't done anything real, real bad that I can think of. Nothing like that, you know, and then he's put in this position of basically having to execute somebody that really didn't, you know, didn't deserve to be to be executed by all by all intents and purposes wasn't a bad guy i mean you know he and jack had had their run-ins obviously but right you know and and just the emotion that's in that scene is is absolutely palpable you know concluded by you know the silent clock and you know the last thing jack says before he pulls the trigger is you know god forgive me and just you know and that to me that's why that was a shocking moment was the fact that yeah, it was an impossible situation. You know, there was no way, there was no way around it. And you know, a good, per, a couple good guys were put in a situation where they had to do some stuff that you know nobody should ever have to do. Right. Now to kind of wrap up this part here about some of these shocking moments, I know there's a lot more that we can cover. We'll probably cover more as we get into individual seasons. Uh, but we did have one listener feedback that brought in. Mark, why don't you go ahead and share that? Yeah, we uh, got some feedback from Hannah. So, Hannah, thanks so much for for listening to the podcast and pre- providing some feedback. And I notice it looks like Hannah is in the UK. So I wonder how she feels about the fact that 24 is going to be set in London, supposedly. So that's exciting for her. Maybe they'll do some filming there and she'll get to see somebody. That'd be awesome. Anyways, yeah. her uh, feedback, she said, one of the most shocking moments for me was finding out that Marie Warner was working for Syed Ali in season two. Laura Harris played the part so well, I never would have guessed that the sweet, loved-up Marie was capable of so much terrorism. And, uh, you know, I, I remember going back and watching that, and, and I was completely thrown off, too. You know, his her husband, Reza, I kind of thought was the one that might have been, you know, and they kind of led you to believe that um, with, with the way her sister was acting as well, but... You know, it was. It threw me off completely that, that Marie ended up being the one that was the terrorist and the one that was causing all the problems. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, that kind of threw me for a loop, too. And so, I mean, just you kind of see their uh, their demeanor, their, their kind of reactions there at the beginning of the season. And it all plays toward Reza being the terrorist and mm-hmm. Marie being the this innocent, happy-go-lucky, stressed out because it's my wedding kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's more like stressed out because it's my wedding and destroying America kind of thing. <laughs> that, would, so. that would cause you to be a little on edge, wouldn't it, if you were plotting to take down a country? Yeah, I know. I mean, it kind of distracts a little bit from the wedding planning. But, you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that was definitely a shocking moment when it turned out to be her. And it's like her whole um, attitude really changed as things started to come out there. And so it was... Uh, very tense uh, for part of that there. And so being able to kind of see that uh, relationship between her and her sister um, and all that. And so, yeah, it was just all, it was definitely one of those uh, suspenseful kind of twists and turns there in the show. You know, and it, and it, I think it was, I think it was neat. and, And we've talked about it briefly, I think before, but one of the cool things about 24 is the fact that, you know, on a dime, your perception of of a character can completely change. You know, they they lead you to believe that Syed Ali is the, uh, or not Syed Ali, but Reza, sorry, is the bad guy. But the minute that you realize he's not, your complete perception of you know three or four characters completely changes. 
Mm -hmm. And you start looking back and it's like, oh, okay, I remember that happening. That makes sense now. And and it seems like over and over in 24, they they really do a great job of of playing on perceptions and leading you to believe something. And for me, I remember watching the show, you know, season after season, and, and it just came back to me over and over again that, you know what, just because I have a perception of something doesn't mean that that's necessarily what's happening because I don't have all the facts. And so that, you know, that's something that stuck out to me, you know, in my personal life that I've learned from 24 because, you know, just like in this instance, when you learn that Marie is the one that's actually the terrorist, your perception of Marie changes, your perception of her sister changes, your perception of Reza changes. It, you know, it completely changes everything because Mm of one little piece of information. So I think it's, it's one of those things that 24 is really, really good at doing is kind of leading you down a path and letting you make your own conclusions and then saying, just kidding, <laughs> and completely switching it up. Yeah, yeah, they do a very good job at that. And so it actually kind of reminds me of the uh, season eight as well. Um, very similar situation, but we'll cover that mm-hmm. when we get there. And so, but anyway, uh, actually something that you kind of suggested, Mark, was kind of looking at some of the actors and some of the other shows that they have been in or even movies and and so i mean some of these i have to be honest that i i never even realized um <laughs> until so i started looking at it, it's like oh yeah and so i mean some of the shows i haven't even seen or mm-hmm. whatever but but yeah and so it, it's kind of neat to be able to see those connections and for me anytime i see them i always say oh that's so-and-so on 24 and you use their name and, from 24 you don't use yeah their name. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. And so, I mean, whatever it is that your connection is, I guess, is that's what you're going to uh, always have that every, relate everything else to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think and what I realized is is there's there's two things that I realized. One was that. And, and I think it's the I think it's just a, a product of being on as long as 24 was that there's a lot of people that were on it. You know, the same thing happens with any show that goes on a long time. You you realize that, you know, sooner or later you're going to find people that you recognize. But the thing about 24, too, is there were some big names, you know, some people that, that people would recognize just period that were on that show. I mean, one of them was uh, John Voight. You know, John Voight's been in everything. I don't even mm-hmm. know where to start. But, I mean, he was he was in. He was Jonas Hodges. I can't remember. Which which season was that? That was a later season. That was uh, seven. Okay. So, I mean, John Voight was in it. You have James Cromwell, who was in uh, The General's Daughter and, you know, a million other shows as well that ended up being um, Jack Bauer's dad. And uh, he's a, a major actor. You have uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who was, I think was in every chick flick in the 1990s or the 2000s. I'm not sure, but I think it was just about every single one. Anyways, he was in it. He was in season eight, right? He was Cole. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. I'm trying to think, you know, who else were the big, big names? Uh, Janine Garofalo, who's been in a million things. She, she was in it. She was a an analyst, Janice Gold. Um, a one that's becoming big now is um, Zachary Quinto, who plays uh, Spock in the new Star Trek. He was Adam Kaufman. Okay. We talked yeah. about he, we talked about a little bit. He doesn't have the pointy ears in 24, but <laughs> it, it's still him. Um, that would be funny, <laughs> you know. You know, another big one that everybody knows now mainly because of his commercials is obviously President Palmer, Dennis Haysbert. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he's the Allstate guy. And also and, he and, was – go ahead. And, and honestly, I think that was a very smart move on Allstate's 
part. That's a very trustworthy look. Exactly. And so, I mean, 24 really built up, um, built up his image, not just president Palmer, but I mean, his personal image of, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is a guy that we can trust. I mean, I mean, the, the country's hands or the country was in his hands and you could be trusted there. And so, I mean, that was a very good, uh, ploy yeah. on their part and so i i'd be kind of interested to kind of see how their um how that sales and all that went as far as um as soon as they put him as their spokesman mm-hmm. and so i would i would think that that would have increased their their sales quite a bit had a lot of people switch oh for sure and you know right after he finished 24 he went on to star in another fox show the unit um, right. which which i watched all of another great show I, I would recommend people watch that one as well um Another one that I thought was interesting that, you know, I can't say that I voluntarily went to watch the Twilight series, uh, but my wife watched them, so I did. And there was two fairly big, fairly big actors from 24 that were in Twilight as well. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they were uh, Bella's mom and dad were, were both from 24. Yeah. Obviously, her mom was, you know, the much hated Nina Myers. And it took me a while to get over the fact that she was Nina Myers uh, as I'm watching it. Um, The other one was um, Billy Burke, who's her dad in 24. He was Gary Matheson. I think that was – was that season one or two? I think season one. Um, Exactly where he was at. Let's see. That was the the guy that Kim lived with, living kind of take care of the daughter. Is that right? I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, that would be season two then. Yeah. So anyways, so that's a funny connection from a later one, (laughs) you know, that they were both in the same show later on. Um, Let's see. Who else was there? There was, oh, Xander Berkeley, who was George Mason. He went on to be um, a major, major cast member in the show Nikita on, I think that was CW was where that one was at, but he was in that. And let's see. Dana Walsh from 24. She has a main role in the new show Longmire, which I think is on. Where's Longmire? I can't remember. I watched it on Netflix, so I don't know where it, where it appeared originally. Let's see. Who else do I have on my list? I, I, just, I just started listing them off. <laughs> Did you mention Kim Raver? I, that was the next one, I think. She, uh, she obviously yeah, the, was Audrey Rains. Right. Yeah, she, uh, she showed on Grey's Anatomy. Yes. And so I, I didn't watch the show, but my wife likes the show. And so I saw her. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> that's Audrey. And so that, that's funny. The exact same conversation happened at our house as well. My wife was watching Grey's Anatomy and I walked in one day and I'm like, huh, it's Audrey. She's like, that's not Audrey. I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah, it's Audrey Reigns. I don't care what else she goes by. That's Audrey Reigns. Um, I'm trying to think who else there was. And, you know, I'm sure that those listening can probably name a million other ones, but you know, I think it says something for the success of a show when people are on the show, even in small parts, and then they go on to be on, you know, other shows in bigger parts or, mm-hmm. you know, get a better shot. And, and I, I would imagine if you're in the acting realm and you put 24 on your resume and you're not just, you know, somebody that's standing in the mall as Jack Bauer runs by, it probably helps you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I would, Girl that I would hands think. papers to Jack. That's right. <laughs> as oh, long that, as you have probably, an actual name. Of course, that would probably be better than just standing in the mall. But That's true. Especially especially if the mall is just about to get blown up. Then. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, actually, why don't we go ahead and uh, talk about Jack um, Kiefer Sutherland? So, I mean, he's obviously yeah. been in several different things. He was, you know, I remember seeing an interview with him, and he was like, "Well, I'd never done TV before," and and I remember hearing. You know, when it started, I remember there was kind of a lot of a rustle that like, wow, somebody's going back to TV, you know, because up till then, it seemed like everybody kind of started as a TV actor and then moved into movies. That was like the big time. And, you know, I remember it was a big deal. And, you know, I remember he, you know, ended up being the highest paid television actor, you know, because of 24. Um, But, you know, he's been in some TV shows lately, you know, after that and and uh I think it kind of changed the perception of TV for actors. Yeah, one thing that kind of uh, kind of took me for a throwback was before the whole twenty four thing back in the nineties. I think it was he was on Three Musketeers. That's right. I love that show. And so, and so I mean, I never when I was all the first time it never clicked. Uh-huh. Right? So I mean, I'd seen the show and I was watching twenty four. It never clicked that that was him and so then i went and i got the movie get it i'm like oh that's cool and so i go watch it i'm like hey it's jack <laughs> so yeah so i had a whole new perspective on that show now mm-hmm. and then uh and then he was the voice in was it monsters versus aliens oh that's right yeah. there was that uh he was that commander guy there and of course he did touch mm-hmm. which is a after, great show great and show. so since 24 stopped he started touch and then now he's coming back to 24. I don't know if he's going to continue touch or not. I haven't yeah, I don't know. heard anything about that. Um, but actually, uh, as we speak, um, as we're recording this, he is uh, wrapping up filming a Western movie. Oh. And so called Forsaken. He's actually doing it with his dad. Oh, and that so, would be awesome. And so in the uh, the movie's about a, a, a guy, Jack, that's trying to reunite with his dad. And so hmm. it's kind of kind of unique and so it's all the the western style and if you look on twitter there's a lot of pictures especially um john casser mm-hmm. is the director both for 24 and for uh this new movie called forsaken and so he's been sharing several pictures as well and so it's been interesting to kind of see how that's going i think there's like five days as the this recording we're recording Let's see, what is this? This is Wednesday. And so so there's about five five days left or something like that of shooting. And, of course, then there's going to be all the post-production stuff they do. But anyway, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to being able to see that, kind of see Jack in a Western kind of scenario. And so it's still going to be a an action shoot kind of kind of scenario, but it'll be a Western theme instead of downtown <laughs> Um, in the middle of the city kind of thing. Well, and you know, it's it's interesting, a little trivia for you on Kiefer Sutherland. He actually, in the early 90s, was a, he did rodeos. He he did some, like, calf roping and that kind of stuff. So huh. it That's actually isn't that far removed from, you know, and I don't I don't know that he's a cowboy per se, but, you know, he, he did do some of that when he was younger. So <laughs> it's not too much of a stretch. I mean, obviously, he rode a horse in Three Musketeers and, probably rides a horse in this one and so well, yeah that's interesting never, yeah, never made that connection yeah so but yeah he's been in i mean tons of things i mean he was a huge actor before he did 24 i mean he was fairly fairly well known i mean he'd done uh what was it phone booth or something like that was the movie and a couple other ones and so he definitely i guess it is funny that we didn't mention him i think we just he's just Kiefer for sutherland you just 
Yeah, I'm just gonna just take it for granted. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's interesting too. We're talking about people that have been in other things. Some of the main characters in Twenty Four really haven't been in anything else. I mean, I haven't seen Carlos Bernard in hardly anything really. Um, he's he's doing something. I'm trying to look it up real quick because I know I've seen it. Um, something about Ghost Storm. I'm not exactly sure what it is, and then something about Castle. I guess those are some. Uh, cable shows or something i've heard um, of castle I, I i have some friends that watch that i have never watched it is he a recurring character on that or just yeah oh hmm. maybe i'll have to go watch and it so now. yeah oh, i i haven't seen them i don't know much about them I, I i've been meaning to look into it. i just haven't had time to hmm. be able to do that but i know that he um he is in those and so i've seen some of those things kind of show up on his twitter there so he's been doing that now mary lynn Rascube, that's uh, Chloe. I know she's been in a couple things. She was in Julie and Julia. Oh, okay. I never watched that, that. movie. That and sense. so, and of course, I had a, a Chloe moment there. And so, <laughs> um, but well, I guess I she's been, she was in another movie, uh, I think last year or two years ago. Hmm. And so it was a, a comedy. Oh, okay. And so that just kind of threw me for a loop. At first, but I mean, of course, I mean, in, in real life, she's a comedian, too. I was just going to so, say, isn't she a comedian? Yeah, but I mean, scene 24, I never <laughs> saw that, though. That's right. Not and even so, close to what she is in 24. She's very not comedian-ish. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she would do, obviously, funny stuff mm -hmm. and be able to keep a straight face. So, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, now that I'm kind of looking back at it, but um, but it never clicked that, oh, well, this is a comedian, and so, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, so, I mean, she does that. And so, I mean, she's been doing a lot of, um, going and doing a lot of stand up. That's uh, what I was going to say. Isn't she, so. doesn't she have a podcast or something too? Yeah, she has a podcast too. Um, and so I've listened to a couple of those episodes and so it's kind of interesting to be able to listen to that. And actually her very first episode, she had Carlos Bernard on there. Really? Huh. Yeah. I need so, to go watch, I need to go listen to that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, um, it's kind of a random kind of show from what I've heard. Oh, okay. But but it's interesting to kind of kind of get their perspective on on how their their life is and some things that are going on and so she talks about being being a mom now and mm -hmm. um some of the struggles with with the kid and at first she she was like what is this thing and so and so, and so, she, and so she she wasn't exactly sure how to handle motherhood and so but That seems um, like a very Chloe thing to say. Yeah. I exactly. want to work a computer. What's this thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which actually, ironically, in uh, real life, she doesn't know very much of the computers. Oh, really? <laughs> and so I saw I saw a, a Twitter um, stream or conversation that went through about that a little while back. So, yeah, that was definitely very interesting. And so, but as far as her, uh, her kid, her son, um, last week, I think, she had something on there about her son wanted to get kept waking or kept getting up coming out of the room at, after bedtime mm -hmm. and and finally like the last time he came out and he put little uh star stickers on everybody's noses because he had to, had to make sure that everyone had their star sticker on <laughs> and then got up the next morning and they had to get the star stickers back on their noses again and so that's funny <laughs> and so yeah so it's kind of hilarious to be able to kind of see that so i mean kind of gives a little more so, so her podcast kind of gives a little more of a personal mm -hmm kind of look into her life and some of her relationships and it's kind of I, cool. I guess they discuss some other things too i haven't i really haven't listened to a lot of them i've only listened to like the first two and then 
the most recent one, I think, which the most recent one came out like the day before it was announced that she was going to be on 24. Oh, okay. So, so I was really trying to listen to that one to see if she kind of dropped anything in there about getting back into 24, but I, I don't think she said anything about it. That's too bad. We'll keep listening. Maybe she'll come yeah. on the podcast and we can ask her. Yeah, working on it. Mary Lynn, so, come on our podcast, please. Yes, if you're listening That'd to this. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's out of her hands. We have to go through That's all true. the different managers and different things like that. So so hopefully we can be able to get through that process. And so, But I think it'll be easier since we've already mentioned it to her when her agent comes to her and says, hey, these one guys that have this one podcast about this one show. Mm-hmm. Wants to talk to you, she'd be like, "Oh yeah, I've talked to them. They're neat." I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> she, hopefully, hopefully she'll say that. Just say, I guess wow. she's talked to you. She hasn't. They want to me on that show. <laughs> okay, awesome. Oh. Um, yeah, that's like that's better to... than that's better than tonight's show. That's so. right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> tonight's show doesn't talk about twenty four every time. So yeah, just exactly. Saying. Let's see who else. Uh, I'm trying to think. Aaron Pierce, Glenn uh, Morshower. He's been in a couple smaller roles, and it seems like every time he is, he plays something re- to do with the military. Right. So that's kind of funny. I think that's just kind of his his gig. That's what he's good at. Yeah. Um, well, we mentioned in a previous episode, the, um, oh, I can't think of his real name now, uh, but he played Senator Mayor in season seven, the that 70s. Yeah. Ad, I don't Fred. remember what his name is, but yeah. I can look it up uh, real quick. That was that was kind of weird, too, because it was totally out, out of character for what I was used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, well, I mean, the uh, the similar thing is, I mean, they're very, uh, both roles are, we're going to have it my way or no way, kind of. That's the, true. Kind of had yeah. that kind of attitude, but, but, but yeah, it is a little bit more different, though, because, I mean, that 70s show, I mean, it is more comedy mm-hmm. than 24, which is, I mean, he was a lot more of a serious kind of role um, there. Mm-hmm. Although, granted, I guess so. he was serious in that 70s show, too. He just, everything around what he did was humorous. Right. Kurt, Kurtwood Smith is his name. There we go. Thank you. Yep. We'd like to thank, yeah, uh, so. we'd like to, we'd like to thank IMDB at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For all is. of their assistance with this show. <laughs> yes, it has provided a lot of information. <laughs> and so you can't get all that what background about, information uh, just by watching the show. Oh, I know. That's true. And it's cool because, like, a little plug for IMDb here, you can get, like, the biographies of the characters. And so you can, like, go back and read the fact that Jack Bauer, his character, had a degree in English. So, I mean, you wouldn't know that any other way. I never do that. Yeah, he did. And then he, uh, let's see, what else does it say here? Obviously, the... He makes some great speeches. That's right. (laughs) Uh, obviously, you know the the more major characters have more of a biography, but I mean they have a, they have biographies for for everyone. But yeah, his uh, let's see, he holds an English degree from the University of California at Los Angeles, um, and then he has a degree in criminology and law from the University of California, Berkeley. That would make sense. Following which, he went to airborne school and served with the seventy fifth Ranger Regiment and uh, saw combat in Panama. And then he was selected for Special Forces training at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, a.k.a. Delta Force, and was in the Gulf War in Somalia and other, you know, classified stuff that you and I can't know about. 
which of course comes back up a little bit. They they refer to that, you know, every once in a while in the show, the fact that he was in special forces and hmm. It's funny though at the end of this biography, just a little side note. The very last line is he also looks very cool in sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, of course. That's... I mean, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, so I mean, IMDb, you can find out some cool biographies about the character. Not just the actor, so that's kind of neat. Yeah, there you go. She had a chance to, and I don't know, you know, I I think it's cool, like, and I'm sure most shows are this way, that, you know, they have a ton of backstory on these people. It's not like they just make up this character. You know, there's a ton of backstory that they provide for them that that really plays into who the character is, and then you read it, and it's like, oh, okay, I see why, you know, Kiefer Sutherland portrayed the character that way. Yeah, I'm... Actually, I'm hoping to be able to get, again, some of the writers, directors on, and maybe we can ask them as far as, like, how much of the backstory is written beforehand Mm -hmm. or how much is kind of developed as the person that they get to play the part. Maybe that person kind of helps develop that story as well. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see, or maybe some kind of combination. It would be interesting to see what that process is because, you know, I— it's hard to, and maybe it's just looking back after, you know, eight seasons, but it's hard to see anybody else playing Jack Bauer but Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jack Bauer is Kiefer Sutherland and Kiefer Sutherland is Jack Bauer. But I mean, you you hear all the time about movies and TV shows where it's like, yeah, so and so was supposed to play that part, but they backed out or, you know, schedules couldn't match or whatever. And, you know, the show would be totally different if it was somebody else. Right. You know, I'm not saying that somebody else couldn't have played the part of Jack Bauer, but it wouldn't have been the same show by any means. No, so no, it, yeah, definitely wouldn't have been the same. I mean, it, maybe it still would have been good. Oh, yeah, I, sure it would have been. I mean, depending on who, who got in there. But, I mean, yeah, that yeah, it is kind of unique to be able to look look back. And so, I mean, when you get the right person in the right, excuse me, the uh, in the right role, uh, they can just really take it and, and make it their own and they do a really good job. Well, and along those lines, I saw an interview with Jack or with Jack with Kiefer at the after the season finale of season eight, and he made that comment that one of the neat things was when twenty four started, it was it was I don't know if he used the phrase perfect storm, but that's basically what he said. He said, you know, it was the right actors, it was the right writers, and it was the right producers all in one spot. And he said that's what made this awesome is it was just everything just came together perfectly. And you know, right. I, I think 24 fans the world over would completely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But hey, as uh, um, as we wrap up here, and we'll probably come back to some more of these things as we go through the seasons. Uh, but I believe our plan is next episode to jump into season one more. Yes. And so we've done a, a semi-decent overview and so, I mean, as much as we can in uh, four episodes to cover, what did you say, 207 Something episodes? like that, yeah, somewhere in there. And so, yeah, a lot of, and hundreds of characters that we can possibly choose from, or really? at least a hundred, yeah. Yeah, hundreds of characters, thousands of plot lines, and probably hundreds of thousands of assassinations. Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting to find out the actual number of people that Jack Bauer killed. Yeah, I'd be curious if somebody had like sat down and watched every episode and, you know, with one of those like bus counter things, you know, the little clicker yeah. thing. It's just like, click, oh, click, there's another click, one. Click, oh, there's click, another click, one. Click, 
Ah, eh, we'll give him that one. That might have been the other CTU guy, but we'll give it to Jack. I think he shot. <laughs> what was his body count? <laughs> somebody has to have done it. We we should find that somewhere. I'm sure somebody has. Yeah, I'm sure that's out there somewhere. But if not, it could be it could become your personal mission. That's right. <laughs> As we watch the, watch it again. Um, but yeah, you're right. We're gonna we're gonna start talking about uh, season one, and and we certainly want to get some input. From you, the listener of your favorite, I think first first one next week we're going to talk about characters, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah, we want to look at the characters first, um, characters slash the cast, mm-hmm. and so kind of a little bit kind of what we've been doing with some of the characters. So we kind of talk about what their character is, and maybe a little bit about the actor themselves. Maybe yeah. some bring out some of the things there, um, and so and one thing I would like to do. Um, I'm not sure how easy it's going to be to try to work in too much of it. Um, but uh, maybe as we get some of the new characters that are introduced as far as maybe try to see if we can look at how they got chosen or how they found out about 24, how they got picked and got into that role and so forth. And so it's like, well, how did Tony Almeida, I mean, how did Carlos Bernard get to become Tony Almeida? Well, I mean... You know, and there will there will be some interesting stuff there too because I know I've read that. Uh, oh, how do you say her name? Rico, 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 uh, Michelle Dessler. Right. I don't know how to say her first name. Anyways, I know that I read that I think she initially auditioned for the part of Nina Myers. Oh, really? And didn't get it. And I think she also auditioned for Audrey Rains, maybe, and didn't get that one either. So, which is cool because I can't see anybody else being Michelle Dessler except for her. So. It's funny how yeah. it works, but I, you know, I think you're right. As we go through it, we'll find some interesting stuff like that. That, um, you know, they they wanted to be a different part, and and you know, talk about how different it would be if they would have got a certain part rather than the one they got. And but uh, right. you know, so yeah, next week we we definitely want to get some feedback and you know what your favorite characters were or um, what you think of the characters that were in season one. And then after that, we're going to spend a couple weeks talking about the plots and the subplots and the the backstabbing and the the assassinations and the traitors and you know all that fun stuff so definitely share some of that information that you have and you're interested in for season one with us uh via twitter um either you know our personal twitter accounts or the 24 podcast one as well as the facebook page and also site e24podcast.com right yeah and if you want to get the links or the information for all the twitter and facebook uh, accounts there. You can go to the 24podcast.com and they're all right there on the site. Uh, easy for you to be able to make those links. And so, yeah, we definitely want to uh, try to get your feedback. And so, um, I mean, obviously we can come up with a lot of content ourselves and our own opinions and things like that, but we want to uh, get your opinions as well. And so that's what I think really makes 24 great is all the different perspectives that uh, can be put into it. Do we and do so, we do we ever have to throw in one of those disclaimers where it's, where it's like the views and opinions of the hosts of this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Kiefer Sutherland, Jack Bauer, or Fox News, Fox, Fox Movie Network? <laughs> do we have to throw one of those in, or is it just understood as it's the unofficial podcast that we're just a couple of guys talking? Well, I think you threw the disclaimer <laughs> in there, so so well, we're covered we for this episode. These are our own views. That's right. <laughs> And so, yeah, so um, we, you know, just real quick before we finish here, Josh, I, I've had so much fun doing this and, and talking about it. And I, you know, seeing some of the, the comments on Twitter and, and also the, the, uh, 
the iTunes reviews, which by the way, please everybody go and give us a review on iTunes. It helps us to be found by more people, but it's been awesome just to, to talk about it and to interact with other fans and, and the excitement. It's been cool to see some of the comments of people, the couple of reviews we've got, I think they've both said, Oh, it makes me want to go watch 24 and, and how awesome that is, you know, to be a part of that. So I just want to say thanks to everybody that's listening and, and interacting with us. I've just been having a blast these last few weeks. Yeah, it's been awesome. I definitely look forward to it. And so I, I wish we could do a, a daily podcast on this. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know what would be cool? If we could like somehow pull off like doing watching one episode and then doing a podcast about it the next day. If we could pull that off, that would be cool. That would. Unfortunately, there's I don't think a, I can. <laughs> yeah, there's only 24 hours in a day. And That's so. right. <laughs> now, if we had 25 hours, we could throw in an extra episode. You know, <laughs> that's true. And and we might I don't know, maybe for the last se- maybe for the last one of the month we should watch like the season finale before we do it and just talk about that specifically. Because a that's lot happens in the darn season finale. So I don't know. If anybody has any ideas of what they'd like to hear or what they think would be cool, definitely let us know. Yeah, definitely. So uh be able to leave us some feedback, go to the twenty four podcast dot com forward slash feedback. And you can be able to send us a message with that. And so the only things that are required there is to leave your name and your email address as well as your comment. Uh, We have a place on there for you to be able to leave your Twitter handle and your website if you have that. And if you have those, we'll definitely be glad to share those on the podcast as well so that people can look you up uh, if you would so desire. And if you don't want your name mentioned as we talk about uh, your feedback, as we share that, um, there's a little box there that can be checked. And so that'll let us know whether or not we can use your name. And so we don't want to use your name if you're not comfortable with that, um, even if you want to share your view. So if you want to share your views, but you don't want your name mentioned, that's okay. Just let us know and we won't share your name. We'll just share it anonymously. Now that you mentioned that, Hannah did say that we could use her name, didn't she? Yes, she did. Okay, good. It's a little late now, but I figured I'd check. <laughs> <laughs> if if so, I was going to apologize to Hannah. So thanks, Hannah, for letting us use your name. Yes, um, I don't have that email. Do you have that open still? To did she leave a Twitter? She did. Name or anything? And actually, I looked up her Twitter handle and I could not find it. So, anyways, what it is, and maybe I'm just an idiot and couldn't find it, but her Twitter handle handle is Miss M I S S underscore Hannah H A N A ten. Miss underscore Hannah 10. So okay. connect with her on Twitter and tell her that you appreciated seeing her feedback. And hopefully we'll hear your feedback next week. All right, definitely. Well, everyone, you have a great week. We'll look forward to talking with you again next week as we dive into season one. See you guys.